0: Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina.
1: I'm James. And I am Michael.
2: He's back, baby. He's back. It's happening. Back. <laughs> I am here. Yes, I, I spent the weekend in the the great outdoors last weekend, and uh, yeah. it was cold. It was very cold. Um, a lot of <laughs> issues, a lot of problems. I, you know, I, I like to go camping quite often, and... Um, Every time I go camp and I grab like my equipment, I've got it all set aside, and you know I, I run into the mountains. And I did the very same thing this time. And when I got there, the little camp stove that I haven't used, to be fair, haven't used it in a little while. I have a different type of um, like camp stove that I typically bring backpacking with me. So I brought one of my older ones, and I went to fire it up, and it did not work. So I was like, <laughs> "Great, I am camp. I'm cooking." like rustic where i have to start a fire and put a grate over the fire and cook on that okay that that problem is solved and then on the way to the site it started pouring and then it rained on and off the entire time i was there so it's uh it could have been better but it was still nice to get away and see the see the beautiful leaves this time of year so and uh and now we're now we're back to talk some nintendo stuff
0: that's good. Did you bring your Switch with you, or do you bring your Switch no, with you when you go? No, no. I don't okay. even like having a phone with
2: me if I can You're help it. Disconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it's me- the whole point is to get away, not to bring it with me. So, no. And and I've also had it where I've backpacked and had the canoe tip over, and everything I was in, had, and wearing went <laughs> into the lake. So, it's not a risk I'm willing to take uh, when I go camping.
0: Yeah. It's probably safe, too, because the last time I think you went camping, you dropped your phone in a, a pond. No, that's when the boat went the over. That's when I was oh, it canoeing was? and oh, okay. I tipped
2: over in the canoe, and it was super windy and got soaked. And it there was still sure, ice on sure, the lake yeah. when I went over in that time, so it None. was it was
1: this cold. Is, oh my this God. is this is also the canoe that you built, correct? Yep. Okay. So that I now, now we know I tipped over. Perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Okay, it's, yeah.
2: It's, it's only half done. It's half done. <laughs> so. So, is, yeah. One so side has a hole in it. Yeah, one side is just got a giant hole. If you <laughs> lean to the other side, it's usually pretty fine. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> for those of our listeners too, who who I mean, a lot of you probably don't know Michael the way Mia do, but every time he tells a story. I can picture it as if it's filmed like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Like (laughs) everything that happens, it's like a domino effect. It's it's just hilarious to visualize. So so even just telling this story, I'm just picturing you like falling out of the canoe and then you're in ice. You're like, ah! I'm 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 sinking. I'm sinking. <laughs>
2: Just... Well, I did I did fall out of the canoe. The canoe tipped over. No, that's it wasn't how I like I was. It. I, 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 wasn't like, it. Okay. I wasn't like standing up paddling it <laughs> like a gondola uh-huh. in, in Italy or anything. I was I was in the canoe and then it tipped over and I fell out. But no, I'm pretty sure you mm-hmm. were gondoling it. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. you were talking yeah. About yeah. you were saying uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was. It was my own my own fault, really, to be standing up in a canoe. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much like that. If anything can happen, it will happen. Especially if uh, I'm involved. It seems like so. (laughs) There was there's one error after another while camping this last trip. But you know that's what makes the memories. So it's it's all right. It works out.
0: Well, speaking of memories and thinking back on memories and how you had to do that in Breath of the Wild. There's a segue there somewhere uh, nintendo did a treehouse this last week for age of calamity and i in the past in past episodes i've talked about how you know i thought it looked really cool i was a little skeptical i wasn't like 100 on board i'm 100 on board now i think this game looks incredible after watching this treehouse um so just to briefly go over the stuff they showed they went into um just like the general gameplay and depending on who you get to play, you get a different Sheikah ability during the gameplay. So for example, if you play as Urbosa, you get to use the electricity runes during your battles. And then if you play Zelda, you get to use like just general Shika rune abilities. So you can um, like freeze and you can use like the, the ice thing that comes out of the ground. I forgot the names of these things. It was a while ago that I played Um but I thought that was pretty cool, and just seeing these characters because I've only played Breath of the Wild, really. So seeing them actually play Urbosa was so cool, and I'm so excited to be able to play all the different characters. Mm. It was just really neat to actually see that happening. Um, and then one thing I really liked is that the user interface and and even some like the maps are identical um to breath of the wild the way things function and the different areas where you have the battles look exactly like areas in breath of the wild and i loved that so you're like playing as erbosa and you're in that like region it looks it like the layout is exactly how i remember it from breath of the wild which i thought was oh it's so cool mm-hmm. <laughs> and then something that you'd be happy about michael is that there are correct seeds in oh, uh, age of calamity as well
2: <laughs> great <laughs> yeah. more of those to collect <laughs>
0: Um, when it comes to weapons and crafting, we briefly went over that they showed how weapons don't actually break in the game. So once you get your chef ladle, your training sword, it will never break.
2: That's kind of um, nice. You can,
0: yeah. Another thing that I like, too, is you can actually fuse weapons with other weapons or use materials to make them stronger and level them up. So that's kind of a cool thing. And, and it's interesting, too, because you can do this right from the map. So in the map, you can like go to the blacksmith, you click on it, and then you do it right then and there. You don't have to like travel somewhere or mm. fast travel or do any of that stuff. Um, so you can just do it really quick and then get onto your battle, which is kind of neat. So another thing, too, is this game does a lot of world building. So they go really in-depth on the characters' relationships and their backstories, and in between battles, you can also do these little like stories, or they seem more like their quests. They call them stories, but I would call them quests because it's you have to go out and get like materials to do something. One example they gave is, you see this kid like fighting this dummy with a two-handed sword, and he like Zelda goes up to him and he's like, "I need a better dummy to to practice on." So Zelda has to go and get the materials, help make the um make the the dummy for him to practice on. And after doing that, Link gets a special two-handed ability. Um, mm. So I thought that was kind of cool that they kind of mm. built in these backstory quests to help improve the character as well and the fighting. So overall, I thought what they showed looked really, really fun. And it was cool, too, because you could tell the person who was demoing, the, the woman that was demoing the game, she was, like, having a lot of fun playing. She had like, making noises, like, ah! <laughs> and she was playing. It was really funny. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the treehouse
2: nice yeah i i'm i'm just like i it's a game that i plan on getting it's not super excitement or anything like that at the moment but the world building that you mentioned and what they showed mm-hmm. in the treehouse is what is selling me on the game right mm-hmm. that's what makes it feel different that's what makes it stand out for me otherwise it's just you know a warriors type game but the fact that it is extending the world that i do love and giving me more info on the background and where it all began that to me is why I want this. That's where I'm like, yeah, this is a Breath of the Wild extension. Even if it's a different type of game, it's something I want more of that yeah. story.
0: It feels like a true prequel as opposed to like a different, a totally different game that happens to be a prequel. It feels like they're connected, which I yeah, like. Definitely yeah,
2: definitely connects. And I and I mm-hmm. like that. I'm excited for that. And mm-hmm. I know you have hit on, you know, the art style and how those are very similar. And I think that's great too. I it would, it would have been crazy for them to make this game an extension of breath of the wild and not carry over those assets. I think that would have been a huge misstep for them if they had done that. So it does make total sense. And, and I do think that obviously, you know, we saw trailers, we're going to see that in breath of the wild too. It's going to be an extension of these same assets. It's a way for them to, you know, reuse some of the work they've already had in the past. So it makes a lot of sense and it probably ramps up production speeds and things like that for the game. So I think Mm. you will get at least one more breath of the wild in this aesthetic uh that you like so much. We also got another Nintendo Treehouse and this one was talking about Pikmin Three Deluxe. So Pikmin Three, I think originally was what, Wii U Mots? I don't know if you you had the chance to play it on Wii U, but I believe that's what it originally came out on. Mm-hmm. Um, Yep. Yeah. So now we're getting it on the switch and I'm excited for this. I, I really enjoyed, I I think it was just the first Pikmin that I got to play and I thought it was so cute. It's very, uh, charming and just everything that was going on. And then right now they have a Pikmin three deluxe demo that you can download to your switch and play. And it seems to be a pretty sizable demo. I mean, I've made it through the first day so far in what I've played and it carries over a lot of the very, uh, sweet, charm from the one that i do remember this treehouse kind of ran through a lot of what you're going to see in the game it showed some of the story about five minutes worth of that they talk about the controls and that you can go into settings and it seems like you can kind of you know customize this to to feel the way you want it to feel especially coming from like the wii u they have motion controls that you can enable if you like and and i think that's kind of nice even in the very beginning of the demo which by the way the save data will continue and carry over to the uh full game if you Mm -hmm. decide to buy it so you're not wasting time you know it will carry over Mm. which I think is really nice but through the whole beginning of it they do mention like go to settings if you want to change this go to settings if you want to change that so it's kind of nice they're giving the the player a lot of controls in this Um, they show how you make Pikmin how you use the little Pikmin they show some of it's building a bridge and you charge after and knock down this wall and how they carry food food back to the ship and all that kind of stuff that I remember very much from the first Pikmin and obviously this is Pikmin 3 so you get a lot more of it. The things that I didn't remember and seem to be added into this are the different types of pigment, which I I like and it adds another level of strategy so you get rock pikmin and red pikmin and blue pikmin and some can go in water and others are fire resistant and some can break down you know the rocks and glass and things like that and i thought that's really kind of cool so you you got to have to think and strategize which one you know which pikmin you're going to use for the job um i haven't had any pikmin die on me yet but i always remember thinking (laughs) that that was kind of hysterical when they would get like run over or chewed up um and it's just very very cute i i like when you you know you you are making Making new pikmin and they kind of plant themselves and you run over and you pull them out of the ground and it's just cute you also have the, they showed a little bit of the multiplayer mode in this and some of the side stories which i don't think the first one had any of that kind of stuff and they have a bingo battle mode which looked kind of cool it's a uh, competitive scavenger hunt that you play against friends and you have these bingo cards and you run around trying to you know, collect all the different items. And if you get four in a row, you win. So it's very cool. I'm definitely going to pick this up. I'm really enjoying the demo so far. And it's just such a sweet little fun game to have on your switch and have on the go. It does make me want a Pikmin four that is a dedicated designed game for the switch. Um, but hopefully with Deluxe, you know they're gonna see. Maybe it's a way for them to in, introduce a lot of fans that just maybe never had access to Pikmin. Maybe it's a way to get them on board, and then they can justify going and creating a Pikmin Four for, for the Switch. I don't know, but I'm excited for it. And uh, the definitely try the demo if you if you have any doubts. It's it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I I definitely plan on playing the demo, and it it the the look of the game. I don't know if you got this too, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of unraveled Mm -hmm. yeah i can see that yeah Yeah. the look of it yeah yeah so yeah and it does look
2: beautiful on this Uh, yeah
0: it looks nice
2: yeah it it does it's definitely ported really really well it's beautiful game on the switch um Mm -hmm. the controls seem fine It, it you can tell you know and i and i think I can't really remember from when I played the other one, but you kind of use your left joystick to kind of, it's almost like a cursor and that's where you direct your Pikmin. And you can see how maybe that's pulled over from like hand controls or other types of controls, but it, it works very well. So there's no, it doesn't seem clunky. It it, it definitely functions pretty well. So um, yeah. I, w- I would definitely try the devil. I think Christina, you would really, really like it. It seems like a game you would really enjoy uh, especially the charm and like the cuteness of it right up your alley.
0: Yeah, I like I like cute stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I decided not to watch either of the Tree Houses because I had a lot of friends, you know, texting me how excited mm-hmm. they were for the new Zelda, the Age of Calamity coming in. And me, I already know I'm gonna buy Pikmin three deluxe because yeah. I love Pikmin. Like like Christina said, it has that cool, um, tilt shifted, you know, real world. Like it it's the whole idea was Miyamoto was like in his backyard and mm-hmm. envisioned this game. So everything is really <laughs> you know you're tiny compared to the rest of the world which is big and these little things yeah. that are coming and bugs and whatnot and i mean it's it's a really cool unique game that i don't think a lot of you know people are experimenting with or to the scale that that comes out so I'm, i am hope that it does well mm-hmm. i think the pikmin games do okay mm-hmm. uh, but it's really nice to see this and yeah i hope that we do eventually at one point maybe five years from now get a pikmin uh, four but yeah i'm super excited about it because i think it'll look really good and, um, yeah, I'm just excited to have it. There's so many games. That's my only problem, yeah, but I I I'll definitely pick it up at some point. Uh, but yeah super cool that they did this i'm definitely down for them to do more tree houses and play through some games and you know apparently it works because now christina is going to buy age of calamity so i mean that's cool (laughs) like it it worked
2: yeah yeah. people need to see that so the same thing with the demos you know the Mm -hmm. games maybe are interesting especially for us we go through these games at the end of the episode and we look through everything that's coming out and a big factor is how well is it presented if the trailer just doesn't do it you know, we pass on them. And mm-hmm. for these tree houses, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, that looks interesting until they see one. Uh, and then they're sold. I you
0: mean, know. that's what happened to me with Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. I wasn't 100% sure. And then I saw them. I'm pretty sure they did a tree house or some sort of like live demo. Yeah, or I something think it was. It. Yep. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Well, in fact, mm-hmm. some other people are in. To Animal Crossing, again, that is correct. Animal Crossing back on the top of the charts, at least in Japan. We'll talk about the U.S. charts a little bit later. Um, but we get the latest charts coming in from Japan, and Super Mario 3D All-Stars has been in the first spot since it was released. Um, but And it was knocked down, finally, by Animal Crossing, just by 2,000 units. So 36 compared to 34,000. Um, And, of course, it's surprising to actually see the rest of the top 10, which is mostly dominated by Nintendo, with Ring Fit Adventure at 3, Mario Kart uh, 8 Deluxe at fourth, Pokemon Sword and Shield at 6, Super Smash Bros. at 7, Clubhouse Games um, doing fantastic Mm. still (laughs) at 8, and then Minecraft at 9. And, of course, the Switch also sold uh, uh, a bucket of, of, of hardware, so brought in between the Switch and the Switch Lite, Um, What was that, about 90,000 units, which is pretty fantastic when you compare that to the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro at about, you know, 6,500. So really, when people are walking in, one out of every 10, nine out of every 10 people are picking up a Switch, basically, Mm. when they're buying hardware. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, Yeah, amazing. Super good.
0: Hopefully... Those 9 out of 10 people are not disappointed when their um, Joy-Cons start drifting. But i bum ching <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nailing it today with the <laughs> Um, So yes, we have another story this week of Nintendo getting sued over a Switch Joy-Con drift. But this time, it's by a child and his mom. Hmm. So Luz Sanchez uh, bought her 8-year-old son a Nintendo Switch in December 2018, which is actually the same time I got mine. Um, and he experienced issues with Joy-Con controllers uh, with about a, within a month of getting his Switch. Um, that didn't happen to me. Mine was about a, like a year and a half later. Um, which, but I thought, you know, within a month, that was pretty surprising. The problem progressed until the Joy-Cons were basically inoperable. Um, so the mother bought a new pair of Joy-Cons. And then seven, month, seven months later, after getting the new set of Joy-Cons, they started to experience the same problems. So Sanchez has filed a lawsuit along with her son who is listed as a minor in all of the paperwork. And this is what surprised me. Um, they're seeking over $5 million in damages from the lawsuit. Okay. Which I'm cool. like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if like 5 million is really like, okay. For
2: what? <laughs> Give me a break.
0: <laughs> Mental strain? I don't know how they can justify that, honestly. Um, but Sanchez's lawyers have argued that Nintendo, quote... Has had a financial motive to conceal the defect, as it as yeah as it did not want to stop selling the products and or would need to extend a significant amount of money to cure the defect. Now I do, however, agree with that statement. Not the five million dollars in damages, though. I think that's absolutely insane. Um, now last week we did talk about this a little bit after the podcast. Mats and I were having a, a discussion about how how intense the drift issue actually is. Um, so we put out a Twitter poll, um, on our account just to see like if our listeners or followers just to gauge where they were on this. And out of 18 votes, 72% have experienced drift and 28% ha- percent had not. And we did get two people who shared kind of their stories with us. Um, Joel said that eight out of 10 of their joy cons actually had drift, but they sent them into Nintendo and they were fixed and they haven't had an issue since. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eric, who has had a has had two pairs for three years has never had issues um and he said that he he was saying maybe it was because he kept him in a case but i know michael you said that you always keep yours in a case and your blue joy con your left blue joy con you started having issues with that one yeah so, yeah
2: i've always had mine yeah. in a case and it, it still happens so i mean yeah i think it's just look at the draw of a lot of these you know and mm-hmm. it, obviously, if he hasn't got, it, and that's that's great. Let's keep those fingers crossed that it doesn't happen. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I always kept mine in a case.
0: And then on our Discord, we had seven people say that three of them did not have Drift. Um, sorry, three did have Drift and four did not have Drift. Um, so even still, it's a pretty high percentage of just out of seven people. Hmm. Um, so I kept I kept looking into this because I was actually curious about you know, how the money would work out. So I found a survey that was done on Reddit about a year ago and had about 6,200 people participate in this survey. So out of that many people, about 66% of them had faulty Joy-Cons. Now, then you start to run into the, yeah, it's it's a big, big high number. (laughs) But the issue you run into is like out of all those people, they may have more than one set of Joy-Cons. So they went even more in depth. And they said out of 2,361 total Joy-Con controllers, About 7,500, so about 37% had a failure rate, which even still, it's a pretty high number. So if 37% of every Switch sold, so right now that's 61.44 million Switches as of the moment. I I looked this up yesterday. So if out of that 61.44 million Switches, 37% had Joy-Con issues and the owner bought a new pair of Joy-Cons because you can only buy them in pairs, that would come to nearly $1.5 billion. Jeez which yeah i mean if nintendo does have a financial motive behind not wanting to share the information i mean it's right there Mm -hmm. i mean obviously not everybody has the means to buy a new set of joy cons but i think that's the biggest issue there is that nintendo is this family friendly friendly accessible company you know they make games for such a wide range of people but financially not everybody has that expendable income to just buy a new set of joy cons i mean they're, right now they're running like on average 65 dollars mm-hmm. which that's you know month to month if you're living pay to, paycheck to paycheck how a lot of people are in the country that's at least in the u.s that's you know hard to <laughs> hard to go and just buy a new set of joy cons so you can play your games especially so, right now yeah yeah mm-hmm. but so i thought the numbers were interesting um And I will say that after, you know, speaking with Matt's last week about my personal Joy-Cons and, and I was just thinking about it and I decided that I I am going to send mine in to get fixed. If anything, it'll be a study to see if they, again, I hope they don't. And I hope I don't waste my time sending them in, but I did, I filled out the ticket and, um, I'm going to be sending them out either uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. So
2: nice. And I I, I got to do the same with my. My blue ones. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll both do it. We'll see how our experience is, and then we can also track whether or not we get the drift again. Uh, like you said, one of yeah. the listeners he he had sent his, and it didn't happen for any of them. So once he once he got them back, and and that's yeah. a that's a makes me feel a little bit more confident, and and hopefully that's the case, you know, and we and we won't have this yeah. issue again.
0: But then yeah. again, you know, we have had quite a few stories where people have sent them in and then they get the drift back again. So yeah.
2: just got <laughs> to keep sending like, them back, so, I guess.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're also kind of curious. I know Michael has some of the newer Joy-Cons from last year. I want to say the I think purple, so, yeah. purple and orange Halloween mm-hmm. edition. Although I think <laughs> were those the Luigi Mansion? I think they were. I think they, they might
0: have, have been. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I mean, they should come out with some new colors I and mean, that they fix it. So I'm curious if maybe some of the newer Joy-Cons fix it because we also or maybe made it better, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they didn't fully yeah. fix it, but maybe it's a little bit better. So it lasts longer. It's we also old, noted. Right? Yeah. We also noted that while some people have reported on the Switch light, it hasn't been in the same amount. So wonder if obviously you'd have to send in your whole Switch. Christina, what I'm curious about here, too, is. Like, obviously, like, you know, there's a lot of people a lot the lawsuits. I mean, Nintendo does have this official we will fix it for free thing, mm-hmm. which, which obviously mm-hmm. we talked about the scenario wasn't free originally and all this stuff. And now it's just free. What was the process for you to go do all of this?
0: OK, so basically I just Google searched Nintendo Joy-Con repair service and then it was like the first link. So I clicked that and basically you have to fill out a ticket. You put in your um, Switch serial number or your, I, I guess if you—if it's just the Joy-Cons themselves, I guess you can just do the serial code on them. But I put in the Switch serial code um, and then I just had to give them basically all my information. And I'm actually going to send in both my Joy-Cons, even though my right one technically hasn't had an issue. I figured if I'm sending one in, I might as well send in both.
2: It's like mm-hmm. a failsafe,
0: like just in case. Um, so I said I'm sending in two. They didn't ask me anything about them specifically. Uh, They mostly just ask for like my address and stuff like that. And then the next day, oh, and then after I submitted it, I got an email saying, okay, we'll email you when we're ready to have you mail them in. And then like, I think about 12 hours later, I got an email saying, we're ready to have you send them in with instructions. And then I also got a separate email from UPS with a shipping uh, shipping sticker. So I basically just have to throw them in a box and send them in and uh, we'll see what happens from there. But yeah, I'll I'll let people know what kind of goes on after I send them.
2: That's pretty yeah. exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I am curious if, if now I, I did read that the warranty, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you send them and they'll still fix them. Um, but I did, But on their site, when I actually like was filling everything out, it said, we're going to like basically inspect them and see if we can fix them. So, I'm, I mean, I'm sure some people would like send like I was looking on, uh, there's like a Facebook group I follow and someone's dog basically chewed on their whole switch. I'm sure if those are sent in, that's why they say that. Like if yeah. someone sent in like a chewed up joy, i kind of be like, yeah, we can't fix this, obviously. <laughs> yeah, really. um, but for Drift, I'm sure if that's the issue, which they'll see it, um, I'm sure it'll, it won't be an issue, but we'll see.
2: When I send mine in, I'm going to be curious because with mine, in addition to Drift, I had that. Remember, I I um, had the little latch that holds the yeah. Joy-Con onto the mm-hmm. Switch, kind of got rounded out, so my my, my Joy-Con kept popping off. Um, and so what I did is I had bought metal ones online and replaced them myself. I never mm-hmm. messed around with the the thumbstick, so that, you know, I don't have that that's going to be original when they change it but i will be curious to see if they take my metal um latch latches off and put plastic ones back on or if they if that causes some sort of an issue when they when they mm-hmm. get it i bet awesome. they don't care i bet they don't care anymore it seems like
1: i mean especially i'm reading the old articles from last year that we reported on you know which was you now that it's free and they also refund past repairs. so you know
2: I think the, they're not going to care. Yeah,
1: yeah. The fascinating part is like Nintendo is paying a bunch of money to do this, right? So even if they did, yeah. you know, buy, you know, uh, you know, people did buy more than you know, they still are paying it out and paying
2: salaries, and that's, and and that's right. how they should. They should, you know, you know, it should be free. It should be a free solution. If they don't, it may be in their mind it's cheaper to just repair everybody's than to do an overhaul on the design of the Joy-Con. They may look at it that way. It's still kind of forces people's hands or they may you know hopefully when you send this in christina and when i send mine in it'll be a quick turnaround you know and i think yeah, that would ease so. the, the pain of it if this mm-hmm. is your only set which i think would be great um you know who knows maybe we'll send it in and then within a week we've got them back and they're good as new and i think that's kind of that's okay right if if mm-hmm. something goes wrong you send them mm-hmm. in yes unfortunately you're down a week without your switch okay we get it that's shouldn't have to happen but a week is just a week if it takes 3 months yeah. that's a much bigger issue that's where it's like you guys need to ramp up the time because now you now you're kind of forcing somebody's hand they bought a switch they want to play it and if they don't get it back in three months i mean i yeah. would go out and buy something too right i would be like yeah. well that's a long time i'd buy like so a, a cheap see. a
1: cheap controller for 10 to 15 bucks yeah exactly or whatever, right? you gotta
2: buy matter. something you know something but
0: that makes uh, me we'll wonder too because I, i'm just i'm thinking about it now and I don't think they actually asked me exactly why I was sending them in to get fixed.
2: Just like,
1: give it to us. So, we'll so take them. yeah. You got so joy We'll take them. We'll, take well, well, I'm
0: wondering because I didn't specify what the issue was. If Michael does send us in and then they see the metal latch on the side, if they'll think that's the issue and then just replace that. I don't
1: know.
2: Hmm. We'll find out. Was, was it yeah. like a Joy-Con drift website or is it just? No,
0: it was just Joy-Con repairs. That's it. Well, so. I'm
2: curious to see. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll uh, just do a complete overhaul and
1: run some sort of test to see. It is yeah. very little information. It's like how many Joy-Cons you can send up to four at a time. And mm-hmm. then it's like mm-hmm. left or right and left and what color. And then here's the color. Ooh, Smash Color, Ultimate Color, Pastel Blue Color. And you can see Ooh. all the colors are right there. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you a list of all Joy-Con colors. Hello, goodness. All right. Well, in some sad and yet also exciting news, Um, I've been super excited for Super Nintendo World, the theme park opening up in Universal Studios Japan. Obviously, it is not opening this year. Totally canceled. Um, They're trying to now open it in spring 2021. We will see based on what the coronavirus, um, where it takes us for the next 5 to 25 billion years. (laughs) Um, But don't worry because they are going to actually open a Mario Cafe and store, which is Mm. inside of the Universal Studios Japan Hollywood area. And this is actually going to open on the 16th. So, pretty soon. So, if you're in Japan, you need to go and you need to take photos and you need to send it to us. I'm sure there's going to be photos everywhere. But what's cool about this is that it is um, going to have Mario and Luigi themed food and drink, official products, where you can just give Nintendo more money, which is exciting. I love giving Nintendo more money. Um, and it's decorated with lots of Nintendo goodness, obviously, which is super cute and adorable it's like set up as like a pharmacy kind of like a a soda shop and um, my favorite part is that they have these mario and luigi themed pancake sandwiches which is their cap and they're all like different um flavors on the top which is uh, amazing i totally Mm -hmm. want it and they have like little cute things and they have other things too Um, such as little drinks and like a little mustache drinks and and different uh, merchandise like pillows and little cell phone attachments and stuff. Like obviously the extent of what will be available isn't on there yet, but it looks like it's a grab and go location. Um, Obviously COVID still raging on across the world. So you got to get people in and out and safe, Uh, but I'm super excited about this. They released some um, prototype sort of renderings of what it would look like on the outside and potentially on the inside um when it opens up for both the merch shop and also the little cafe so i want to go so bad i want to be there Mm. (laughs) i love we got cool stuff like that here
2: yeah i love all this little stuff it's so cool yeah
1: well they did redo the nintendo usa store recently did you did either of you go once they reopened it like they redid it
2: No, I haven't been down there since they did the reopen. It Mm. would be great if they put in one of these little cafes there. I bet you that would be a hit. That would be huge. So do it. Yeah, got to do it. I want one of these drinks. These look delicious. The foods look delicious. I want all of it.
0: Yeah, Well,
1: one final amazing thing that I just was on Twitter and saw, and before we get on to the rest of the news, is that there is yet again going to be another Splatfest upcoming on Splatoon 2, which everyone thought that they're not done with everything, but no, <laughs> negative, never. This is Splatoon 2, splat It's going to be <laughs> Team Trick versus Team Treat. There's all sorts of goodies that you can get for your little character with different uh, Halloween-themed um, masks and costumes, which is super cute. It's going to be running um, on the October 30th at 3 p.m. Pacific through November 1st at 2 p.m. Pacific. So what are we, people? Are we team treat or team trick, Christina?
0: Treats all the way.
2: Michael? Mm, I was going to also say treat. Mm. Oh,
0: we can agree on this one. Great.
2: What color is it? Which color is which? Um,
1: That's a good question. So That could be a deciding factor. Team trick. I love the artwork for this, too. It's like someone in a a ghost costume. (laughs) Um, That's red, like a red-orange. And okay. then treat is purple. Ooh, okay, I like I think, purple. I think I would yeah. go trick based off of the artwork alone. So mm-hmm. um, I'm probably more of a treat person
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: in in life, but I guess I'll go treat trick. I do just like the artwork of trick like much more.
2: Yeah, I agree. Much cooler. I like the little ghost because it's a squid ghost. Get it? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot cute. more. So. so trick or treats. I like it. I'm going to maybe, Clever. maybe fire this up for this one. It's oh, been I'm a while. i firing it up. When, I, when I'm <laughs> waiting for the
1: kiddos to trick or treat, we're going to have to do the COVID safe bags outside. Yep. You know, take yep. one. Don't don't be that kid that takes all the bags. <laughs> I see but, you out there. You put I, those bags down. I, I said, I said I one. Uh, yeah. Read the sign.
2: Get the um, hose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like
1: 30 degrees outside
2: (laughs) i don't care i said one bag
1: exactly and yeah so while i'm waiting i'll be splatooning i guess that's
2: a little bit trick and treat to be honest with you bots if you put the bag out they take two you spray with a hose gotcha Trick and treat! Oh, well, that's the best part. It's like <laughs> you
1: you can make these little COVID safe bags. You put them out there. But they don't know what's inside of them. Maybe it's like a you know something that jumps out, like one of those snake things. Like,
2: mm, yeah, I want to do a. I want to do the treat bags. That's what I'm thinking. I'm gonna have like the bags that they could take. But not, I I've got an idea. What if I load it into a potato shooter and they have to run down the street and catch them? <laughs> Oh my god! And you shoot the, you shoot the treat halfway down the block, and you see kids running with their pota- like their pillowcases, running trying to get grab. That would be awesome. That'd be good. Done. That'd I want to, I want to set it up on the roof and start shooting out treats.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just picturing it, and it's again National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. What can go wrong? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm excited.
0: Well, that does it for the news this week. <laughs> now we move on to the top 10 bestsellers. And first, we have Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Second, Hades. Third, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Fourth is Minecraft. Fifth, Untitled Goose Game. Sixth, Killer Queen Black. And that is 95% off. That's probably the reason why it's in the top 10. Um, and that spider. sale is yeah, that sale is going to be going on um, throughout this week. So when we release podcasts, it'll still be 90% off. Seventh mm-hmm. is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Eighth is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Ninth, Kirby Fighters 2. And 10th is Bastion.
2: Mm. And that's it. Very nice.
0: That's all. Yep.
2: And that gets us into new releases we're into this week, and we got quite a few of them. The very first one I checked off is October 13th. It's Foregone for $30. Now, I think this was already announced a little while back. Like last week, I think you guys had checks on this. And uh, Foregone is a fast-paced and fluid 2D action platformer packed. With Legendary Loot. I loved watching the trailer because every time you would kill somebody, it would just kind of explode, kind of Diablo esque, and then it would all go flowing into your character. And I, I really liked that kind of stuff. It's just fun, and there's just a lot happening, kind of arcade y. Um, and in the, in the way the story is explained is it's years after a devastating war. The city of Callaghan is once again besieged by an all-corrupting force known as the Harrow. As the city's strongest super soldier, it's up to you to investigate the origins and prevent it from happening. So it seems very cool. I like it. I like running around. I like upgrading my weapons and my skills and getting stronger and... Finding all of these, like uh, you know, going through all of the environments and finding all these little secrets and treasures that make me even stronger, looks really, really cool. I think we got a code for this, so I uh, I'll definitely be playing it, and I'll even give us some some details for next week and what I think. But for gone, I like it. The next one I have checked, Mats has checked too. This isn't new to the Switch, but right now it's free to play, and that is Overwatch. Uh, It's going to be free to play, I believe, from the 11th until the 20th. I have it downloaded on my Switch, ready to go. If you're not familiar, uh, you know Overwatch, it's been on Xbox, it's been on PC. It's it's a Blizzard game where you get to run around and kind of – I don't want to say it's like – it's not a battle Royale in any way, shape or form, but it is sort of a shooter where you have to plan a little bit of strategy. Each, each character on their team kind of has a role to play. And there's characters that are better suited for each role, whether it's a tank or a healer or just a, you know, a first person, like a, a damage dealer. And you kind of run out there guns blazing. So you do have a little bit of strategy involved and you've got to play your roles well to be, um, uh, effective in winning for your team and there's different modes so you're either just trying to move this thing across the map and whoever is able to kind of stand on it and defend it it moves while you're able to defend it and there's there's all kinds of different challenges and battle modes it's really really fun i used to play it on xbox all the time and i'm Downloading it for Switch because I want to just see how well it plays. I want to also see if my account carries over. So there's just more of an experimental side to playing it again. But for free to play, it's a week long demo. Why not try it out?
1: Nice. Yeah. I um just downloading it now. It is starting on the 13th. So oh, again, okay. so when that's why you couldn't play it yet. So yeah, that makes on sense. Tuesday. So when that <laughs> podcast is out, you can totally play it. So I, I'm downloading it now so you can nice. prep it. Um I know people can't really prep it because they're, they're, it's already out. But you can still download it and that's good. There's yeah. a lot of good games on sale. I just picked up um Bullet Storm. It's 7.50. Mm-hmm. I picked up Killer Queen Black. I have played that in the arcade. Um it's confusing, but you know, mm-hmm. might as well own it, why not? Just so I can give people more money.
0: Um <laughs> but yeah, there's
1: a bunch of other good games on sale. Um well, we're talking about this bomber squad game or whatever next, the new one, but mm-hmm. the original ones on sale for like a dollar 50. So it's, it's kind of yeah. fascinating. Tons of stuff. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pick this up because I'm excited to play Overwatch. Give it a try. I don't want to pay money for it, but I, I love this Have you this played idea. it at all? No, never.
2: Oh, nice. This is exciting then. Maybe I wonder, I'm looking at their list. Oh, you know what? I got the 11 because it opens at 11 a.m. on the 13th. So, okay, yeah, now, yeah. now we have a time. There we go. But <laughs> I'm curious to see if, I would assume it's the full-on game, and maybe you and I get to play together so we can kind of give it a shot oh, i would be really like interested that. to see what you think of this because we did play paladins quite a bit yep. mm-hmm. um and i would say this is a much better version of that so oh, cool. one I of think you you're should live like stream it. it or maybe both of us i don't know Ooh. Do it would be fun it. to jump in because it's been so long since i've played it as well so it's kind of like i'd be playing it again for the first time mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so yeah let's let's do that because this would be nice. cool nice
1: yeah, I'll definitely do that. I'm downloading it right now. Well, I'm downloading cool. a bunch of games right now. I need
2: <laughs> to clean off the
1: Switch. But uh, another game I'm actually really excited for is a re release of Shantae Risky's Revenge. Um, now, the Shantae games are a classic 2D uh, side scroller platformer by Way Forward Technologies. This game was originally released uh, in 2010 for the DSi. That is correct. I think I own this game on the DSi, to be honest with you. I should pull out my DS and see. Um, this is the sequel to the classic 2002 Game Boy Color video game Shantae, um, which is again a side scroller, you know, 2D platformer. I've played some of the newer Shantae games, and I, I kind of got confused and and just kind of gave up on them. So I'm, it'd be cool to go back, I guess, in time and play this game. It's really uh, highly uh, received. The, mm-hmm. Its average Metacritic score is 85 out of 100. Um, with obviously at the time beautiful visuals and, and soundtrack, and so do those graphics still come across? And this game has been re-released on Windows, PlayStation Four, Wii U, and, and now it's coming to Xbox and the Switch. Obviously, for ten dollars, so it's pretty good. It's cool that they're, they're bringing it over, and it'll pair well with the other Shantae game that came out um, earlier this year um, from them, which is cool. So you yeah. go. or last nice. year, I guess, yeah. Nice.
0: Uh, The next game, I have, like, three checks on. (laughs) It's also coming October 15th, and I believe it's pronounced Reiki. It looks like it's pronounced Roki, but I I wanted to make sure I pronounced it correctly because I'm pretty sure it's a a Scandinavian or Swedish um, pronunciation. But this game is by Polygon Treehouse, which is a two-person team, and it seems like one of the people um, from that team actually worked on... Let me see. Let me look really quickly um worked on little big planet and the other person like they're both from playstation like pretty pretty extensive um experience so i was just really interested in that and and thought it was kind of cool but uh reiki is an adventure game inspired by scandinavian folklore you play as trove uh which is a character in a dark contemporary fairy tale with a touching narrative alluring art style ancient puzzles and atmospheric exploration if that doesn't have me written all over it i don't <laughs> know what not what um so you play play as trove uh, and you're on a journey to save her family and in the process you come across these crazy creatures that shouldn't exist and it just seems like a really kind of dark magical adventure so i am all in on this one very excited okay. for it it's um twenty dollars
2: Nice. Yeah, I gave this yeah. a check. I kind of like the uh, the look of it from the trailer. I thought it looked very mm-hmm. pretty. I didn't get a lot from the trailer. I didn't think it was the greatest, but I do like the look. So you're gonna have to let us know what this how how it is. I get. Um, uh like a little inside and limbo vibe off of it and as we've said in the past those aren't really my thing so i like it but i wasn't sold 100 so knowing that you'll pick this one up i want to hear your you know if it's something you think i would like because yeah uh, i like the idea of it I, I you know i like the atmospheric stuff and the puzzles and all that so i just want to make sure there's a little bit more in there to kind of sink my teeth into and then
0: i'd be i all feel about like it. I feel like it's not going to be as dark as Limbo and Inside. Like, those have a very clear, like, very dark style. Mm-hmm. I feel like Reiki's going to be a little, just a little on the cuter side.
2: Maybe. Based Maybe. on what I've
0: seen. I yeah, like the I atmosphere don't, don't of it, though. It's getting into yeah. this
2: time of year where, at least for, for us, we'll start seeing snow and everything. So, I kind of like that for mm-hmm. the winter. I think it would be a good game for that. So, mm-hmm. I definitely put the check to it. Uh, one that is also perfect for this time of year is it's coming out same date the 15th and it is this is the Zodiac speaking for $20 I watched a little bit uh, of somebody streaming this they were playing I think a beta for it and it, it looks pretty interesting this is a fact based single player psychological thriller based on the story of the Zodiac killer which is one of the most famous. Never caught serial killers here. Uh, It mixes vintage 70s California visuals, epic original cinematic soundtrack that has a little bit of horror investigations, some stealth mechanics. There's also multiple endings to discover. And you basically play as a survivor of one of the Zodiac killings. And you have to go through and kind of face your trauma and figure out who the killer is. Uh, Little by little, you're going to unravel some of the, like, the mystery of it. You're going to go to the sites. Some of them are actually inspired by the original crime scenes. You're going to experience real psychological sessions and help manage the trauma that you experience from your experience with the Zodiac Killer. Uh, There's three alternative endings, all based upon investigative decisions that you make. And it's got that same atmospheric, there's sort of like a 70s film music and uh, art style. And I really think this looks kind of interesting. It's When I was watching the trailer, I did like the music that was playing. And the graphics are a little... uh, not not the greatest but I still think it looks really really good and then when I watched the streamer playing it I was like oh this this would be perfect for you know obviously October and the spooky month so I gave it a check I had I want to look into this one I I think I would dig it
0: one thing I love about having each of us go through this list is if I miss something, one of you guys always ends up finding something that I missed. And then I'm like, why didn't I check this? Yeah, there are a lot of games this week in, in my defense, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, there are. Yeah, a it,
0: lot. it does look it does look really cool. Uh, the next game I checked and Michael checked as well. It's called Cloudpunk. Um, at the moment, it's on sale for $20. Full price is uh, $24. Um, but this is by Merge Games, who's also responsible for Dead Cells, which I know that mm-hmm. was a pretty big game, mm-hmm. still is. Uh, so Cloudpunk is a neon noir story in a rain-drenched cyberpunk metropolis. Uh, you play as Ra- Ra- Rania. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that, <laughs> Rania. No. And it's your first night working for Cloudpunk, which is a semi-legal delivery company. <laughs> I like, I like how like, they labeled it as semi-legal. Um, you explore an immense vertical cyberpunk city with your hover car and on foot. Unravel mysteries in a world of corporate conspiracy with hackers and rogue AI. And something I thought was really cool is your decisions will have a lasting impact on the inhabitants of this metropolis called Nivalis. And you can discover hidden places and items unlocking additional stories. So it's kind of like that adventure kind of world building sort of game, which I I love. Um, mm yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. It looked really cool.
2: Yeah, no, this one looks great. If you think Blade Runner mixed with Fifth Element, then you've got yes. sort <laughs> of the atmosphere of cloud Punk. Um, I am super excited for Cyberpunk. And this kind of will scratch that itch a little bit before that comes yeah. out. And yeah, I thought this looked really, really, really good. Especially the things they did in the art style that they did did them in it just it's kind of blowing my mind that it looked as nice as it does in in the sort of uh i don't know it's it's not necessarily pixelated but it just it's not like a first person cyberpunk type game it's it's got its own look and feel and I think it just they they nailed it and uh, it, it looks really really well done so I'm excited to check this out It kind of reminded me when you actually get into the playing of it it kind of reminded me of transistor uh, a little bit because you're yeah, still looking at that, that isometric view of the like the landscape so mm-hmm. I think if you if you were into that you would probably like looking into this too but cloud Punk looks great.
0: It's funny, because at first, in the beginning of the trailer, I thought it was going to be like, what was that game? Neo Cab?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. you just yeah. kind of like yeah.
0: do like cab quests.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I th- I had different. the same vibe, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man, this could be so cool, but it's going to be this, and then it mm-hmm. wasn't, so I was a little happier, but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, The next one for me, I, I only checked only because I've been trying to figure out good ways to have, like, uh, connect with my team at work, mm-hmm. and you know, have some like non-work fun time, like morale event type of thing. And there's Mm -hmm. quite a few different online games that you could sort of participate in. And this was interesting because Heather and I talked about Jackbox Party Games. This is the seventh one that's coming out for... Ever, I guess <laughs> this keep coming out, but there's more <laughs> games. So it's five new games: Quip um, um, Quiplash, The Devil in the Details, Champed Up, Talking Points, and Blather Round. So they're all two to eight player games. Um, the problem that I have with most of these is if I was to buy this for like uh, Heather and I, all the newer ones, like past Jackbox uh, Party Pack One or whatever, are all like more than two players. But the first uh, Jackbox uh, Party Pack is a lot of Two-player plus games, so you can actually Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. But I was just thinking that this would be fascinating because you know, in general, that is coming out. And if you're, you know, on a team, you're looking for ways to connect. It's a pretty good way to do it, have some fun or whatever. um these are these are interactive like party games that you can play. And and I think uh, you only really play with your phones and tablets and computers, so you don't really need a console. So I don't really know how this works on the Switch necessarily. But, um, you know, if, if you have other consoles, you could, you could do that too, but it's, that's how you, that's how you play. So I think other people could just connect via the phone or tablets or computers. So you don't mm-hmm. actually need to play it on your switch. It's just like someone needs to boot it up and pick the game, I think. And hmm. then everyone else just plays remotely. I'm not really sure how it works if everyone needs to be local or not, but, um, Oh, actually, it says this game is local multiplayer, but can be enjoyed over streams with remote players. So you could, so that's a good, that's a good thing. So you could do, uh, you know, a screen capture or something like that. So nice. Yeah, that's no, very actually, cool.
0: i i played I played one of the jackpot Jackbox party packs with a couple of friends like a week or two ago. Oh, cool. And it was really interesting. It worked out pretty cool, because but it was through Steam. So I'm, mm. I'm sure it'd be the same on Switch. Basically, it's like whoever's the host of the game has to play it on the thing, but everybody else just goes to a website on their phone and puts in like a code mm. and they can play it. But, so it's like yeah. a game you can play with people while you stream. And we played a game that was similar to, I don't know what Party Pack it was, but it was similar to that new game. That's going crazy right now called Among Us, or basically oh, yeah. like there's one person that's like an alien or an imposter, and everybody else is like trying to figure out who it is. So you kind of have to like deceive your friends and <laughs> it's actually a lot of fun. And I tricked my friends pretty good when I hey. was the the imposter. I was pretty proud of myself, but <laughs> they didn't suspect a thing. It was a lot of fun though. And I would say if you're looking for like something to do like you want to have calls with your families during this time and and you just <laughs> don't want to have to talk the whole time this is a really good like good way to like connect with i i mean i have those situations where it's like yeah i want to hop in a video call with you but i don't really want to <laughs> sure yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean this is this is great like yeah let's just play a game and have some fun yeah. and yeah this definitely like the game i played was a lot of fun the, the yeah. one i played and i want to play nice. more of them so yeah well that's
2: cool i mean that's my I'm family does on the switch my family does the game nights once a week and not anymore, obviously, but this that would be a good way of doing it. It's exactly like you said. I wouldn't jump on a call once a week and just sit there for two hours having a conversation just because yeah. I don't want to be on the phone. But I always loved going to game night and have, sitting around a table playing whatever board game Actually we decided doing to play, something. but mm-hmm. having conversations while we're doing it. And so this yeah. is kind of like doing that same thing, right? And I mm-hmm. think that sounds perfect. Very cool.
0: Yeah. I'm glad it's on the Switch.
2: Yeah, well, like Mont said, it'll be interesting to see how it works on the Switch. Now, for me, I checked Space Crew. That's another one coming out on the 15th. Wow, a lot of them on the 15th. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I had to really scroll up there to find the date. Um, It is for $16 on sale, usually going to be $20. And if you are familiar, this is the sequel to Bomber Crew. Now, it's kind of a funny, silly, quirky-looking game, especially the trailer for Space Crew. It's very much Star Trek, and you become the captain, and, like, you know, they talk about how they survived... You know, in space, and then he's like, "Well, when I say we, I actually mean me." And they show like his crew floating in outer space, and then he's like, "Time <laughs> to make a new crew," and he goes through and starts collecting new crew members. Um, and so it was very quirky, very fun. I really liked how they handled the the Star Trek tie-in to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically, what you're doing is you run the space crew, and your mission is to defend Earth and he, all of humankind from any threat from outside of you know, our home and you basically go through and it's a strategy survival game. Like you pick who you want to be on the ship with you and what tasks they do and who's going to repair this and who handles that. And, you know, if something goes in on fire, who do you send to put out the fire? Is that person qualified enough or is it just going to burn the whole ship up? You also can work on your ship. So in addition to the crew, you're going to add weapons and armor and escape pods and all these different factors that, go into whether or not you're successful. There's a bunch of other uh, things that you can have as threats, not just aliens coming at you, but there's going to be radiation, there's freezing, there's, you know, asteroid fields. So if your ship, you put all your money into, I don't know, the guns to defend yourself against Aliens attacking, but you start hitting asteroids, you don't have any armor. So it's kind of making these judgment calls on the best strategy to keep going. It seems like there's a ton of different missions. You're going to go through travel the galaxy and you're going to have a bunch of single player missions and little bounty hunts and things you can do along the way. And a while back, I watched sips, who was a pretty big YouTuber play bomber crew. And I kind of fell in love with it. It was a game I would have never paid attention to ever until I watched him play it. And when I saw space crew coming out, it appealed to me even more because I like the idea of, you know, maintaining a spaceship and all of that stuff seems pretty fun to me. So definitely worth looking into space crew, $16 right now. Definitely like it. And then I checked Ring of Pain, also on the 15th for $20. This is a randomly generated ring dungeon where the encounters come at you. And basically, it's another strategy game where you're fighting using cards and leveling up your abilities. I watched a streamer play this too. It's it's very cool because when you... Um, a lot of times I'll search for these games because we don't have trailers on Nintendo's site. So I'll find them on Steam. And Steam now has it where they have somebody playing it at the top and you can watch the feed while you're like looking at oh, the that's game. That's cool. So I've been able to see people actually playing these. And at first I was like, oh, that looks interesting. But then once I started seeing them playing it, I was like, wow, there's a lot into this, like much more strategy than initially seems like it is a turn-based roguelike so you're just playing to kind of keep leveling up and see how far you can go and you can play as fast or as slow as you like if you're somebody like me that likes hearthstone or magic a lot of times that other person's sitting there waiting for you and in this it's a, it's a single player version of those things so you're you're battling this you know this ring. And you're you gotta like you'll get a card, and that card can say, well, you can do this or this. And you have to start thinking like, well, if I put my efforts into this skill set, how is that going to impact me later on? It does seem like there's quite a few hours worth of gameplay. You have 16 core path dungeons that you can go down, and then there's branching endings from there. There's 25 special dungeons that you can detour through, which has tons of loot, and you can use those to kind of level yourself up. And they say that they have. Over 180 items to unlock and combine into only 15 of your in- inventory slots so there's a lot of that choice factor that goes into like how do i equip myself the best that i can and still move forward and move my way through this roguelike it does seem like it has very um it's got a responsive turn base but it says that you can play as fast or as slow as you want which again i like and what i thought was interesting they say that the the graphic art style is inspired by infantasia, which I was not sure if that's like a reference to a game or not. So I Googled it. Apparently it's a medical, a mental condition characterized by an inability to voluntarily visualize mental imagery. Many people with aphantasia also report an inability to recall sounds, smells, or sensations, or touch. Some also report uh, prosoporosis, the inability to recognize faces. So I don't know if aphantasia just happened to be a mental condition or if that is where they pull the, uh, somehow the art style is inspired by, or if it was a game. But I, when I Googled it, I thought that was really interesting and it kind of goes into this sort of creepy uh, aesthetic that they're trying to do with this this game and uh looks really interesting and for 20 bucks i i want it to be almost on on mobile to be honest with you it seems like something i would love to play this sort of lab, level of depth and uh strategy on my phone anywhere i go but for 20 bucks i would definitely look into it on the switch at least
0: that's really Interesting, like and affentasia. I've never heard of that, but I have heard of the other one where it's like the inability to recognize faces. But I, yeah. it's curious how they like how or if they translated that into the art into style. the art style. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not really yeah. sure,
2: and, and my only guess is that maybe the cards vary. You know, so like if you get the similar card, maybe it changes the look or it's randomly generated. So it's just like. I have no idea, but when like I watched the you can't the recognize
0: guy, a card by how it looks.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and when I was watching the person play it, like I said, there it was really cool to see them sort of taking their time and talking through each card and saying like, okay, well, this card is going to do this. And a lot of the cards that they played seemed to have a bonus, but it also had something that could hurt you. So it was like, well, if I don't oh. do this, now it's going to take life points or whatever, you know, is part of this game. And uh, and I really like stuff like that, so I I want to check it out. I like the the complexity of it. I like that there seems to be a lot of depth to it. You know, we've played a lot of these games and gotten codes for these games, and initially they seem really interesting, and then they end up being very shallow. Whereas this one, I I think it's actually going to be kind of what I want. So I'm it excited. Feels pretty to try complex.
0: It. Yeah, I like that. It looks, it looks I you know neat, I like that yeah. stuff.
2: I like the idea of whether it ends up being good or not. I like diving into something dissecting it, learning about how to play it and seeing like, oh, there's different levels. Like you can get the basic gist of it, but then there's legs to it so that you get better and better and better as you go, you know, and and that this game seems to have that, so.
0: Yeah, it looks really cool. Mm -hmm. On October 16th, both you and me also checked a game called Bright Paw. It's on sale for $10. It's regularly $13 on the Switch. Uh, It's by Radical Forge and published by Rogue Games. It is a adventure, strategy, action, adventure, puzzle game. <laughs> uh, you play, yeah, it's, kind of, it's a lot, but um, essentially you play as a cat named Theo, whose owners were killed, and you need to navigate the house to find out who did it and why, and all while you're doing this and going through all these puzzles and finding, like, hidden stuff in, in the different levels, you are being narrated by a British narrator. <laughs> Mm. so uh, there's just kind of there's a lot going on in this but once you actually like watch the trailer and see it's like oh okay i get it it's like a it's similar to oh what was the game i checked last week like the puzzle game i, f- I forgot what it was called it was like you're in a spaceship and it was like light puzzles with a string oh yeah these the light filament. puzzles yeah Film no i, you. I yes, definitely yeah. it's
2: funny that you had checked that one because that's one i i have had on my wish list on my switch for like two weeks now it's re- oh, that okay. looks awesome yeah, <laughs> filament
0: yeah that's not cat-based though just this one <laughs> But it, I looked it up on Steam. It has positive reviews. And overall, it seems to be getting like a four to five stars on other uh, websites. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that's interesting to me is on Steam, the regular price is $10, where on the Switch, the sale price is $10. Mm-hmm. But you did some digging, too, and it turns out it's $5 on iOS and Google Play.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it is a mobile game. Yeah, which is um, so, fine because,
2: again, yeah. much like the Ring of Pain, when I was watching the trailer for Bright Paw, I was like, hmm, this is something I would want to play on my phone. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but sometimes my phone's always in my pocket. And some games do play well on mobile, and this seemed like it would work very well for touch controls. So I'm kind of happy that it's on there for 5 bucks. i it, it would be something I would maybe check out.
0: Mm-hmm the and, and the narration to it reminds me of what is that game is it life of stanley
2: mm-hmm. yeah where you're the office worker
0: yeah where you're the office worker and there's this like narrator telling you what to do and you can do what he says or not mm-hmm. and it's interesting this is kind of feels like that a little bit mm-hmm. it, it's really it's, it, it kind of takes a lot of elements from a bunch of different games and shows them into one game and you're a cat basically I, that's the best way i can describe
2: it <laughs> yeah it's cute that's yeah very cute. yeah i like it bunch of good stuff this week
0: <clears throat> a lot of games yeah <laughs>
2: But that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? And I think Mott's should kick it off. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, so th- this last week has been um, pretty chill overall. I've been playing a lot of Super Mario 35. Mm. Um, I've really enjoyed it thus far. I, I enjoy it in handheld more- mode more than docked mode. I need to play it on my TV right now. I'm playing it on my monitor. and I don't know if there's a, it kind of feels like there's a slight lag delay and I don't oh. know if it's just <laughs> how I'm, how I'm going through OBS out to my monitor or something like that. Not necessarily input delay, but it's sort of stuttery in a, in a weird way. So I think it's a me problem. I need to test it on my television, Without anything, um, but playing on hmm. handheld, I haven't experienced that at all, and I've, I've enjoyed it playing handheld maybe a little bit more than on my TV, mm-hmm. um, just because also I think on the handheld screen Mario looks better, right? Because it's smaller. It's you yeah. know, it's an eight bit game, so I don't know if it's meant to be played on a two K monitor, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, but uh, so I've been enjoying that. They've been doing more little, um, you know. Um, like weekly challenges and daily challenges. So, I've been going through those, which is super fun. Uh, it's also a fun game uh, to play with your kids because there's a practice mode. So, you can just play any of the levels in practice mode too. So, they don't have to play against people. That's super duper cute too. Um, we have some friends um, that have also been like Luke has also been texting me about his. He's on like level like 65 or whatever. I think I'm level nice. like 40 or something, 35, 40, something like that. So, it's been quite fun. Been enjoying that. It's free. Of course, so you can get it. I just want to keep playing it before it's gone. So, you oh, know, that's yeah. right. That's have right. Months. It's a
2: timed. I forgot it was a
1: <laughs> timed release. It's timed. I have months there's, to there's play but I need
0: it. There's some people in Discord that have been talking about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Just just
0: talking about like, you know, there's uh, Stav was saying that he kept getting second a few times when he finally got in first and he was sharing a photo of it.
1: <laughs> oh, no, nice. Yeah. The very first time yeah. I played, I got first and I have not gotten first since that. I got a few seconds. Um, it gets really intense. Once you're down to five, it goes into sort of the fast mode and time starts to tick down faster. So if you haven't leveled yeah. up your time, it gets pretty intense, pretty quick. Um, hmm. so that's
0: just hearing that stresses me out.
1: Yeah, it's pretty stressful, <laughs> really stressful, but it's fun. There's some strategy to it. And I think the more you play, it's good. I've, I've read a few Kotaku articles about some, some people are like, it's good, but it doesn't last. And then like, Oh, it's actually all about the end game. So like once you mm-hmm. get down, it's just brutal and crazy. It's, it's havoc and you're just, everyone's f- you know flinging you know, enemies <laughs> all over the place, which is very true. It gets really intense, really quick. And you gotta, you gotta be ready for it. So that's quite fun. Um, and then also we got a code for hotshot racing, which we talked about a few weeks ago. This is an arcade style, high speed drifting, it's like polygon esque style, um, you know, cruising, across, not cruising across America, but that, that sort of vein, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating because you play these grand prix. There's like four or five or six different characters and they each have four different cars that have different, you know, stats, you know, speed drift acceleration. So kind of the standard stuff and you can pick, pick between them and there's different, um, circuits. So each circuit has four races in it and it's eight cars that are in it and you're racing there's also online play too but like when you're going through the grand prix like even though you're going through a grand prix there's still the like you only have 30 seconds to get to the next checkpoint to get more time to get to the next checkpoint to get more times like get to the end and do three laps but mm. i find that kind of strange because like i'm just in a grand prix so <laughs> yeah why does it matter if i come in last place or i you know time out um it, it adds one additional layer of stress but it the only way to get more time is to, you know, um, to get to the checkpoints or do a lap. Yeah. Um, so that's like, okay. And I think that's okay. Cause it's, it's an arcade game. Like that's the style of it, but I didn't, I don't know if it really needs to be in anymore. Cause it's not like this game was in the arcade and ported it over. Um, so I feel like that's an element that's not adding value to the game. Mm-hmm. The, the bigger part of it is like drifting and drifting behind, like, you know, you you know, drifting behind people or like drifting through turns and leveling up your meter so you can boost. Um, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I, I feel like the, the, the drifting is a little, um, it's a little lofty. So you it's like almost, it's almost like it's, it's hard to get it perfect. Like when, when I play Ridge racer, I can kind of dial in the, the drifting, where this game I played for a few hours and I haven't really dialed in the drifting. So I'm often running into walls or, you know, not or just getting slammed by other cars and kind of like turning you around. And yet, that's the only way to really progress. Um, and I kind of feel like the walls are a little sticky and what I mean by that, they kind of like suck you in a little bit. I, mm-hmm. that's how I feel at least when I play, I don't have concrete evidence. Um, it's still cool. It feels really good. It, it's, it's fast. It is. The graphics are really nice. I don't like the voiceovers very much because they make the characters say like stupid things, okay. um, which I don't really like. Like I just, you know, I know they're trying to give some infuse some personality, but I don't really. But it's just not well written. Yeah. Gotcha. They're like mm-hmm. they're like, you're like, oh, like you're in this um, like Las Vegas type of thing. I'm like I've, n- I've never been here before. Like, whoa, yeah. this is out of this world. I'm like, okay, not really oh, adding boy. any yeah, ve- yeah. cheesy, cheesy dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and and I don't necessarily know if different... It's not like one character has a a car. They have four cars that you can choose from, and they're all similar, so I don't think it really matters what character you play as. Um, you can get different outfits for your characters. Again, don't don't do anything. And you mm-hmm. can also upgrade your car, but the upgrades of the cars are all cosmetic. It's not like you're leveling up your car to get better. What I would have liked to see in this game would have been more progression of starting with a, a beater car and then sort of leveling it up, you know, and then upgrading it. And cause you win money at the end of races, but you only spend that money on cosmetic things. So oh. I think there's a missed opportunity there, but the, like, there's a, quite a lot to the game surprisingly, yeah. but just, mm. but that would have
2: been cool. That would have been more fun. I think. Yeah. Cause it's like you, everybody starts with these junkers and you're yeah. putting money into them and modifying them. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not that way. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's it. I've been I've been meaning
1: to boot up Animal Crossing. I know that you two both have been playing, so I'll let you guys talk about it quite a bit. But I I need to get back on it because I'm I'm uh, I just I keep seeing tweets and all this stuff about it. So
0: I yeah, Halloween. It's Halloween time. You have to. I, yeah. <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I guess I can go next. And I have been, I've been playing animal crossing. Um, it's, I, I had stepped away from animal, animal crossing quite a bit. I think there was about four to five months there where I very, very rarely turned it on. Then once we started seeing the holiday stuff, which I had said all along is like, I'm very excited for, I jumped in and I've been playing. I would say every day I turn it on now for this whole month because I'm trying to get my candies and I got to start visiting like your Island and Christina's Island so I can get more candy because at the end of the month, we use those candies to buy stuff from Jack, the, the mm. Halloween King or czar or whatever he's called. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm excited for that. Now I will say, there's a couple things about the holiday halloween that i'm i'm not it's not that it's bad it's just i i want like none of the i'm playing right now and i'm and i'm walking around and i'm looking at my island and just now just today is the first time i've noticed it trees are starting to change color mm. um and i have not noticed that before and it's and it's kind of cool because it's not all trees so i'm standing in my orchard and i'm looking at my pears and my peaches and my oranges and my, my cherries or whatever these are apples or whatever. And I'm looking at it and like one tree in my pears is starting to change. One in my oranges is starting. So it does seem like they're going to change like real trees. That's very, very cool to me. But considering the fact where, where I am and I, and I know this is, you know, it's gotta be for the whole Northern hemisphere. So it, it, it you know, results may vary, but Christina and I, our will be gone by time they change in the game. Right, so it's kind of like for Halloween for me, it just does like I'm used to seeing colors and the trees and the like. I wanted to see that in the game, and hopefully now that I'm starting to see them changing, I I think we may see that for Halloween in this in Animal Crossing. So I am excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem still very green, and that's one thing where I'm like, it's not green in Halloween time; it needs to be changed. So that's just a personal thing, and then the other thing that I. I'm, I'm struggling to get a lot of the holiday, Halloween uh, recipes. So every day I buy something at the store that's Halloween. So they have like the Halloween arch and the Halloween lamps and the Halloween whatever, hay bales and stuff. But it's getting very difficult to find the recipe. And the only way I've been able to do it is talk to my villagers when they're in their house, you know, doing a DIY. You do get them that way. But it's like one a day. So by the time Halloween gets here, I won't be able to have a complete island built to look like Halloween. I'll have just a few Halloween things scattered around. And what I really want is to, like, really deck it out. So that's the only other gripe I have with it. Other than that, I'm loving being able to like see the weeds and kind of just finally playing it again and seeing stuff changing. And I love seeing the little, my little pumpkins. I'm looking at my little stack of pumpkins here in the hay. And, and I love, love, love that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm so happy to be seeing that in this game, really, really enjoying it. And then, like I said earlier, the only other game that I've really consistently played has been Pikmin 3 Demo. I've gotten uh, a little bit into it, maybe, maybe an hour or so into that and playing that and just kind of reminiscing about when I used to play Pikmin and kind of getting excited for this to come out. So looking forward to it really enjoying both of these and uh and i've got a handful of demos and and new games that i got to play for next week so i think i'll have quite a few to talk about and i believe some more events should be starting soon i think fortnite has their halloween thing starting up pretty soon Mm -hmm. and uh, a couple other things so i'm looking forward to all of the holiday event goodies i love it my favorite time of the year (laughs)
0: uh it's, it's so yeah in animal crossing i I was actually just walking around too because I wanted to take a look at the trees because I'd never noticed it. In my apple orchard, all of my trees are green except for one is like a yellowy color and they're mm-hmm. all apple trees. So in my like apple orchard. So it's interesting that it's like not depending on the type of tree. It's just like it seems random. Like yeah. Some trees are turning out and it's cool too because it's just like the tips of the leaves are turning yellow.
2: Yeah. It's gradual. It seems yeah,
0: like. Yeah. I like that a lot. I'm excited to see it like progress and then hopefully it'll be like a nice bright orange color.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm so excited. I, I'm, it's really interesting. Like, uh, I, I haven't noticed this. And this could be today that they've started changing these colors. And they're not changing consistent either. Like, one yeah. has changed way more than the other. It's pretty cool. I, I've never seen that.
0: And I also just got a spooky fence recipe from one of my <laughs> villagers. <so>. Oh. <laughs> I've gotten the scarecrow. I've gotten the three pumpkins that are stacked. I've gotten... Uh, the spooky lantern where it's kind of mm-hmm. like a pumpkin hanging and now I have my spooky fence so I'm all oh, getting all man I want out.
2: the spooky fence all I've got I think <clears> is the spooky <throat> table it's stupid
0: <laughs> well, I it's not even a cool recipe you can get recipes from your villagers twice a day so it's oh, like okay. one twice in the morning and then one in the afternoon yeah so they like change out and it depends so I'm running around right now looking least. for somebody doing yeah. a DIY <laughs> yeah
2: somebody's gotta be doing something around here <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm having fun. I love my little pumpkins. I will say, so the first day I planted my pumpkins, I watered them twice Mm -hmm. and I didn't go on for like two more days. And when I came back, all of my pumpkins had three pumpkins on them. And I heard somewhere that you had to, um, water them two times every day for four days to get, Yeah, I don't think that's true. No, that's definitely not true because I both I've, I've harvested, harvested twice now. And every time. All of my plants, have had three pumpkins on them. Yeah, me too. So, (laughs) and two of my plants, so I planted, like, 24, I think, and of the 24, two of them were green, and I think I have, like, four or five that are white pumpkins. Nice. So, I do think that's random,
2: right? Like, you have no control over how the colors. Right.
0: Well, if you, so if you harvest a green pumpkin and then you plant one of those green pumpkins, it will be a green pumpkin plant. Gotcha. I know that much. So, if you really want to customize your, yeah, and, and the way you... For your crafting recipes, if you want to customize it, so you have to craft it, and then you can customize it after with the pumpkin color. So it's like one white pumpkin to make your scarecrow like a white scarecrow. And if you harvest
2: them, they can come back a different color. Like I've harvested a green. Yeah, I've harvested like all of mine the last time. And when they grew back in, they didn't grow back in the same as what the pumpkin I previously harvested. They change. Are you sure? yeah. So I think the only way to guarantee a color is to plant that color.
0: That's interesting because both my green plants were green twice.
2: Oh, see, I had a whole yeah. bunch and now they they definitely seem all different than when I previously did it. Because I had a lot more huh. colors. Now I got way more orange this time.
0: That's interesting. Well, I know orange is the most common one. Yeah. I'll have to do it again just to double check. Green is rare. Yeah. I'm going to
2: take a picture, and then I'll take a picture after, and we'll see. I'll I'll compare it for
0: science. That'd be interesting. For science. (laughs) Yeah. It's for science. (laughs) For Animal Crossing science. Mm -hmm.
2: And and Um, for me, the next thing in in Animal Crossing chat here, I I really (laughs) got to get rid of my flowers. I have just – it's an asinine amount of flowers on my – you don't get anything. I wish there was other stuff you could do with them, you know, but yeah, I'm just selling flowers. Like I have <laughs> so many flowers because I I don't know what I was trying to do, but my whole island is just overrun with flowers at this point. You
0: were breeding them and it went a it, little, a little extra. It went wrong.
2: It went wrong <laughs> it went, very fast. Wrong. Um, I have that's almost every single flower though. I think there's one or two good. so far because I'm going through and I'm organizing them Uh, In more manageable batches and i think there's maybe like one or two now that i can specifically focus on and i'll have Mm -hmm. every color flower in the game which is uh, except for gold but
0: i was thinking about that too because i've been working hard and trying to get certain hybrids and Mm -hmm. when winter comes along what's going to happen to that are they just going to die or i I mean will they come back in the spring i don't don't know know. i'll have to i'll have to look into it if any of our listeners know let us know yeah because that would be helpful <laughs> i don't want to lose all of my hard work um, they should make it so you could
2: build a greenhouse and then you keep your flowers in the greenhouse
0: like stardew valley style
2: yeah like stardew valley yeah
0: style. and maybe then can, that'll in, be the thing we get in winter and then you that'll can introduce
2: um what's the what's the christmas flower um holly no um christmas you see- Rose? No, you see it all the time when you go to like Christmas trees. It's, uh, the Oh, it starts with and, the P. yeah Yeah. W- whatever that flower is. You, yeah, It would be cool if that gets introduced by, uh, what's his name when we, when the holiday season rolls around Santa. N- no, the guy that's <laughs> leaf, the guy that sells the flowers. It'd be oh, cool if okay, he brings okay. them with him, I mean, Santa could maybe bring them too. I, I don't know, but I'm thinking <laughs> when leaf delivers the flowers, <laughs>
0: um, speaking of leaf, I guess, uh, the remember i mentioned last week that i got the physical reward the bandana with the little leaves on it Mm -hmm. the animal crossing one yeah so those officially shipped i got a uh, email saying both the things i got are shipped so hopefully i'll have them by next week that would be cool that's Um, cool so yeah other other than animal crossing i've been playing a little bit of uh, little nightmares here and there but i've been up to my eyeballs and grading so it's basically just been like animal crossing for like Mm -hmm. 15 minutes every night (laughs) but Mm -hmm. so yeah that's it for me
2: very very cool a lot of good stuff there
0: yeah
1: there you have it. Our one hour and 85 minute episode <laughs> on animal crossing <laughs> Halloween edition. I'm, I'm super excited. I just was sitting here and listening and, and now just I'm like trying to go update this down, uh, download the update and get playing again. So it's very <laughs> exciting. So hopefully everyone can come visit. Oh my goodness. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Nintendo dispatch. Let us know how your Halloween town is going um, in animal crossing by going over to Nintendodispatch.com, joining us on discord or on Twitter Again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about the pod. So until next week, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.